Epstein, who has been seen in the past as a friend of President Trump and former President Clinton, first faced other sex crime charges back in 2006 and 2007. At the time, he could have faced life in prison for allegations with underage girls. But the prosecutor in the case, Alex Acosta, now President Trump's labor secretary, struck a more lenient deal. Epstein served just 13 months in a county jail for those charges. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. You're just thrown into a world that you don't understand and you don't know how to, you're screaming on the inside and you don't know how to let it come out. And you just become this numb figure who refuses to feel and refuses to speak and refuses, all you do is obey, that's it. And eventually it led to, well now we're gonna experiment and we're gonna try you with another guy and see how you go. So they sent me to an island with a professor and, and I basically had to do what I did for Jeffrey for him. So it's very private. It's the perfect world for a billionaire getting away with what he was doing. He could hold big parties there and, and have huge orgies there and nobody would have any idea what was going on. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor and writer-producer on CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today from overseas is... 
Laura Richards, criminal behavioural analyst, former New Scotland Yard and founder of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service. And I am so happy to be back. This is Lisa Zambetti. I am the casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds and the casting director for the feature film She Watches from the Woods, which is where I have been a visiting set in Ohio. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was such a great experience. You don't sometimes you don't get to go out to set to watch all the work that you've done, and I did get to go out. So sorry to have missed some really amazing episodes that you guys did, but I was very lucky to be able to go out there and and, and see the cast and the crew. But I'm happy to be back. Yeah, and we tried to work in your questions that you sent us from yourself and from the audience. So uh, you were there in spirit. Thank you. Yeah, and everyone was asking what project you were working on. So now you've shared, yes. <laughs> which, uh, which is great. So yeah, welcome back. We've still got a lot more to discuss. And okay. I know you wanted to, to share something about Dalton, the school. Oh yeah, well, real quick, when I was listening to you guys covering Dalton, it's funny because I actually did teach at Dalton for a summer. Um, really? Yeah, for their summer's arts program. So I am very familiar with that building. Um, oh, wow. but, I mean, I but, didn't know anything about it. So it was interesting, Jim, just giving some background. But if you've been there and got inside knowledge... Oh, yeah. It's a very prestigious building on the Upper East Side. And it's got a very, um, it's got a very iconic out, uh, exterior. And so when I was, when I heard that Epstein had taught there, look, the first thing I thought of, I don't know if you thought of this, Jim or Laura, but was the movie Manhattan, Woody Allen's famous movie Manhattan. Because if you remember in that movie, Woody Allen is this 40-year-old guy who's dating, and I say that in air quotes, um, a 17-year-old girl played by Marielle Hemingway. And she goes to the Dalton school. That's where she goes to high school. And he picks her up and drops her off from that school. So whenever I hear the Dalton school, that's what I think of. And boy, does that, that movie does not age well, let me tell you. It (laughs) never aged, it never, it was never good in the first place. I, I remember the movie. I remember hating the movie for that exact reason and never watched anything from him again. Then when his daughter, Dylan Farrow, came out and said that he molested her, and then I looked back at at his history and some of the interviews he's done where he's blatantly talked about that kind of thing. I mean, it just really, it really disgusted me. So yeah. It should discuss everybody and everybody should understand that that's leakage. That's him trying to get people to applaud him for presenting something as despicable as a 40-year-old man taking advantage of a 17-year-old girl. I just thought it was a grotesque irony that Epstein had taught there in what you have called a target-rich environment. Mm-hmm. And this this uh, this movie kind of champions that. So anyway, it doesn't age well. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, but so. that's what many, many offenders do. And that's why the world really needs to wake up to it. Yeah. I mean, it really is insane. We've talked about it with R. Kelly as well, when he was singing Age is Just a Number with Alia, who he groomed from the age of 12. And these individuals do it in plain sight. And other people watch on, and some of them collude, some of them enable, and many of them defend. So there's just yeah. so much these stories. You peel away just layer after layer And I did want to explain a little bit more about coercive control because some of our listeners have said, oh, it's a bit of a stretch too far saying that Epstein used coercive control. And I really want to make it clear and explain what coercive control is about because at the heart of it, it really is about a power imbalance. And it's Mm -hmm. about somebody who uses that power imbalance. Now, that power imbalance can be from somebody's privilege. 
It could equally be because of somebody else's vulnerability. It could be about age. But normally there's a structural element about patriarchy within it. And that's how girls and women in particular, it's a behavioral regime. And young girls or women can be manipulated and coerced. And we see tactics like gaslighting and love bombing and charm. And Jim and I talked about how Epstein used his charm as very much a tool to be able to talk his way into Dalton in the first place with no qualifications. So he was able to manipulate on multiple levels. And there were rules and regulations that he laid down with some of his victims and wanted to dominate them. And many of them spoke about him playing this game with them. You know, and it was a game based on him trying to get power over them, which is why it's so idiosyncratic. And each victim talks about different specifics of the abuse. It's not all the same. But I think it's important to understand the victim's vulnerability in these cases, as we talked about his power, even in the hallways. Yeah, I, I agree totally, Laura. And I think it's people's misunderstanding of what coercive control is that is leading them to those conclusions. But I do also think that we have to talk about how there is a, also a line that should be drawn. And when, when somebody is coercively controlled to their detriment, obviously they are the victim. There's no question about it. But I believe firmly that once they then start victimizing others, that that's a line that should not be crossed. And yes, I can understand where somebody can get involved and get controlled by somebody who's clearly psychopathic like Jeffrey Epstein. But once somebody who is an adult then becomes an enabler or abuser themselves, that is not excused by the course of control. They need to step out of it to protect the others that they know about or are actually abusing. And I think that's where in my opinion, we should draw the line. It is about a brainwashing and it is about a grooming. And I'm afraid, Jim, that quite a lot of it will be down to, in different cases, interpretation of that case. And some of it is subjective in that interpretation. So yeah, but I'm nobody, afraid okay. I do disagree with you on the basis that many people do get coerced and do get brainwashed into a situation. And some of them are made to offend for those individuals. So I don't think it's as clear cut as someone's good, someone's bad. And certainly coercive control is about a power imbalance and it is about brainwashing and coercion and manipulating people. And sometimes when you manipulate people, it may even be within a gang situation. You have to look at each individual case to unpick it. So let's get into specifics because I think yeah. talking broadly, you and I can back and forth on it. But I think if we're talking specifics, that might be much more helpful. I laid out an explanation, a further one, because people commented on Facebook that people in the main think that coercive control just relates to an intimate relationship. And actually it doesn't. You can be coercively controlled without having an intimate relationship. It could be someone in the workplace where there isn't an intimacy, but a colleague may use those tactics. So it's not just about domestic abuse, for example. And we talked about it with Michael Jackson, how he coerced and how he groomed and how he manipulated and how he gaslit many people, not just 
the victims, but their families and friends and everybody, even on a world stage. So let's let's jump into the episode three of the mysterious Mr. Epstein, because obviously Ghislaine Maxwell was a key individual in this case. And there are many others as well who I would like to talk to because I've been making a list of all the other people who are in some ways co-conspirators, their defenders, their enablers, and the list is very long. Yeah, it is. And I think that Ghislaine is a perfect example of what I'm talking about in that she had a relationship with Epstein. We don't really know what the nature of that relationship is, but there is an imbalance of power, not because of wealth, because they probably have equal wealth, but because of personality and because of Epstein's ability to use his charm and to use his position and to use his skills of manipulation to control what other people do and to get them to do things for him that they might otherwise not do at all. Yeah, I mean, Ghislaine Maxwell, for people who don't know, was Lord Robert Maxwell's daughter. And Lord Robert Maxwell, he got his peerage in the House of Lords, but he's a uh, very famous publishing tycoon and she was the the favored daughter of his um, and he fell overboard his boat and there was sort of a question mark the British press were very curious about whether that was something that happened was he pushed or did he fall but she was brought up under his careful guise and, and watch in a 53 bedroomed mansion so she came from money. She came from sort of the elite in terms of uh, the British side. And she was classed, and she still is to some degree, as a British socialite. And no one really knew what she did. She just seemed to turn up to the opening of things. And people said that she was fun and mischievous. And she was a good time woman to be around when she was younger. Um, However, other people have always reported very differently of her father. And some of them said that he was a real C-U-N-T. That's phrases that have been repeated in the media. And that when they would go round to his uh, Headington Hill Hall for lunch, etc., he would have numerous girls, young girls, some Filipinos, different nationalities, you know, feeding him food. And, and then they may well be taken into a, a, a private room with him after lunch. And the room was normally locked from the inside and girls and young women were brought in on tap to him. And I think it's important that I explain a bit of that family background and that family dynamic, because it does tell us a little bit about who she is, what her experiences were. She went to Headington School and Marlborough College in Oxford. You know, she's well-educated, refined. Um, and it was when her father died that she meets Epstein. And I, I don't think the relationship is necessarily in question. She fell in love with him. And they did have a sexual relationship for some time. And then, according to multiple sources, they said that that sexual side kind of went away, the romantic part, but they were still inseparable. And at times, she reported that she was sleeping in his bed. But many people did say that she was very deferential to him and very quick to please him and wanted to please him and wanted to be around him. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Ghislaine Maxwell, who has denied any wrongdoing, lived in this five-story townhouse on Manhattan's Tony East Side. It's less than a 10-minute walk from Epstein's palatial mansion, but she sold the home for $15 million after she got caught up in the Epstein case and moved to London. So where is she now? Nobody knows. It's a very prevalent ability on the part of psychopaths to be able to pick out people who are in positions that can help them or who have personalities that can be manipulated very easily. So that may be the situation here. I just don't see her as such a, I don't know, she comes from such wealth. I mean, this is wealth that we can barely imagine. We all know wealthy people, powerful people, but this is like so beyond the echelon of anything I've ever experienced where she's from and she's so educated and she has such a, um, a handle on the social ladder. I just don't see her as, as kind of weak. I see that he sort of needed her and she's able to sort of weasel her way into his affections. Am I, am I reading that wrong? But, I mean, I've just researched what people said across yeah. time in Tatler because she was always in Tatler and different society magazines of skiing in Aspen and, you know, and living that life. But that doesn't necessarily say because you have money that you're not emotionally vulnerable or can be easily manipulated. I know plenty of women who come from yes. money and they are incredibly naive when it comes to relationships, particularly those who might be of a certain age looking for love or looking for a certain thing. Now, she had a job in real estate, but even though she had a hundred thousand pound a year trust fund after her father died, she still wanted more money. Money can be a big motivator too. And along comes Epstein. And I do believe, judging from other people who knew him well, their accounts of him, that he did have the ability to see through people. And he did create this uh, very key skill about how he understood rich people and how he could get to money. And she really was the, the key to all the access of British society and royalty and she could open doors that he could never open himself. And that's, right. Laura, that's probably hard for us as Americans to understand. It's hard to open those doors, right? Yes, yeah, an elite. Born it's, into it. It's not like America, how it's a little more, if you have money, you can open any door. Right. It's much more about your breeding and background. It is about our culture. And that's why it is important to bring that into it. Because the, the circles that she ran in, you can't just pitch up 
and be where these individuals are. You have to be there by invitation only, and it, and it works on a trust basis. And of course, it's Sarah Ferguson who invites uh, Ghislaine to meet Prince Andrew. They're the circles that Ghislaine can access because she grew up with those people. So it's right. a different world. And once that happens, the resultant effect in the United States is magnified. In other words, once people here know that you're hanging out with the royals there, they think, oh, well, obviously I want to hang out with you because I would love to hang out with the royals. And so all this thing, the real estate he acquired, the, the seven-story home on uh, the Upper East Side, uh, right in Museum Row, right on the same street as Bill Cosby. Jeffrey Epstein had this palace, basically the closest thing to a palace in Manhattan. And he was able to entertain people like the royals and all the wealthy people from around the world and across America. So all of that sort of compounded on itself to increase his standing on the social ladder. And he also used big donations to places to also get invited to these really hoity-toity events where he could mingle and be seen with powerful people. Get those pictures so he can put them on the wall so he can use that again as part of his grooming tactics. And that's what drove him. I mean, everybody who's reported on him always said that he was a savant at understanding rich people. Laura Long, a journalist, that he could, in conversation, say three things about anything, but had no depth. relating to anything. Everything was broad brush, but he really did have this real penchant for wanting to get into those circles. And there she was, Maxwell's youngest daughter, who he favoured, where she was seen as refined and she had taste and she was used to running large houses and running boats and yachts and that kind of lifestyle. So I would imagine that she was very attractive to him And in many ways, she was attracted to him. And that's why people were saying that they were inseparable and that she was very much in love with him. And last time, Jim, we talked about this trisexual element of his behavior. And that we Mm -hmm. see with many that if he sees a purpose for her or anybody else, then he will try anything and ensure that he gets somebody under under his spell. And, you know, to the point that she said, because people were saying, oh, she was very skinny. And she said, oh, I'm on the, this is horrible, the Auschwitz diet. Mm. I don't eat. I like to stay skinny because he wants me to be skinny and I want to keep him happy. So I don't eat anything. Well, that's a perfect example, of course, of control. And it's also indicative of somebody who's sexually attracted to children. Because the skinnier you are, the less developed you're going to be physically, and therefore, you're going to look more like a younger child. And so I think that's all part of his scheme to encourage this sexual attraction that he had to children. Well, I would imagine so. And there's no better ruse in some ways of having other women bring other girls and women in. I've worked on cases where a serial predator put baby seats in the back of his car and would drive along and try and pick up young young girls with the two booster seats in the back. I'm a family man, therefore I'm safe. That's the message. And again, other girls and women being there, making others feel safe because you you don't expect that. The public, normal people, don't expect that from a from a woman 
um, or from other girls. And I do believe that he figured all of those things out because he was so good at manipulating people. So you don't think this is a case of what you've talked about before as being a folie de? I mean, that two warped people come into each other's orbits and are just the perfect match for, for what they do to these girls. I mean, are you, do you still think that it's one dominating the other and uh, manipulating Ghislaine to be the pimp for the, for the girls? You don't think it's too, you know, that, that she doesn't have something in her as well that is just perfectly suited for... Well, you'd have to look at her history and see if she has done any of those things before she hooked up with him. And that's how we determine that. We can't overlay it on that. Um, Or whether she, after they stopped having their relationship, whether she continued that kind of behavior. As far as I know, there's been no reporting of that on either side of her relationship or interaction with Epstein. I don't know if Laura has any other information. Yeah, I mean, I do, because I did look at that, because I am very curious, and I'm even more curious when you see female offenders to to deep dive it and try and get a sense of their decision-making, their agency, their autonomy, their choice. And from what I could see, there's no reports of her being sexually deviant in any way, just being this kind of fun-loving, mischievous socialite who liked to be at the opening of an envelope, but had a boy, had normal boyfriends, had normal relationships of what's out there anyway. Um, Of course, other things can happen behind closed doors. So I say that um, as a caveat. But a lot of people said that she was good to be around. She is good natured. You know, was Epstein doing this before he met her? We know the answer to that. Yes. Yes. Was she somebody who he knew that he could use to his full advantage and potential? I believe so. However, in her decision-making, did she know what she was doing? And of course, there are aspects of her behavior that show that she did know what she was doing when she called up you know, Virginia Roberts or when she threatened someone or told them to keep quiet. And that's why you really do have to take each case on, on the basis of, of what you see and what you understand. But for all intents and purposes, she was on his payroll um, for an unspecified reason, and people did talk about her being sort of his madame and bringing young girls in and being fully aware of what she was doing. Did she think she was doing anything wrong? I believe, and it's my opinion based on what I've read, that this was just very normal to her. It, she saw her father doing this to young girls, and in those circles, I believe this type of behavior does get normalized, and they just see it as. Maybe they're even doing the girls a favor. They come from different backgrounds. And I do think that she had that element to her with some of the cases where she said, well, you should be lucky. You know, Jeffrey's a bit of a schindler, you know, from Schindler's List. He's kind of helping you out and giving you an opportunity to make something of yourself and educating you and paying for your tuition fees. You should count yourself lucky that you've been given this uh, opportunity. Maybe that's how she rationalizes it, but maybe in her circles, as she's seeing dad, uh, her father, having young girls sent to him, that she just has a view that girls and women are there to please men. And I don't think that that's so far of a stretch when you think about even my, my own parents' generation. They still have very outdated views about male, female, gender roles and expectation. And if they gave a girl a gift or a present, then she's kind of taken care of. And this is all very normal stuff, which, of course, is a million miles away from being normal. 
you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You saw young women around Jeffrey Epstein and they didn't seem to have regular jobs and you started wondering, why are they here? Yes, yes. When you look back, are there red flags that you should have seen at the time? Definitely, yeah. Why fly anyone out to be a masseuse when there's plenty of masseuses in the same city that you're in? If we look at his assistant, Maria, who was 24 years old, who at one point he had her travel from Manhattan to, I believe it was the um, development that they made in Columbus, Ohio. And he and Jelaine were there. And Jelaine tells Maria that Epstein wants a foot rub. I mean, out of the blue. She's never, ever said she would do that. She's been his assistant. She has done administrative tasks, things that normal assistants do. And now she's told to give him a foot rub. And then from that, it escalates to Epstein and Ghislaine violently groping her. And to the point where she has to literally escape. And when she's making her escape and she's calling a friend, trying to get out of there, she finds that the artistic nudes, photographs that she made that were not child pornography, but were for artistic paintings that Maria made, that they were gone. And of course, she believes that Epstein is the one that took them. Um, but she eventually made her way out of there. But what I believe is that whatever coercive control, whatever situation Ghislaine was going through, once she steps over the line and sexually assaults someone, that she has crossed the line. It's not legal. It may be understandable. It may be that we can understand why that happened and where that came from. But And she may be rationalizing. But as we all know, that's what offenders do. They rationalize their behavior so that they can put up with themselves, so they know what they're doing is wrong. So whether or not she knows what she's doing is wrong is not really the point. She has now 
entered the realm of being a sex offender. And she will go down this road and continue to enable the victimization of other young women and girls. And because of that, she has lost any benefit. I mean, there may be extenuating circumstances that would, let's say, if she were ever prosecuted for this, reduce her sentence. Or if she cooperated, for example, she may get no sentence. But the fact is, once you start committing crimes, especially with younger people or children, you're, as an adult, supposed to and legally bound to protect them. And once you violate that, whether they're your own kids, whether they're people you know, whether they're complete strangers, if you do that, you've become an offender. Yeah, well, Maria was asked to go to the house, wasn't she? And said that she could go there while she was painting because she was an artist. And Mm -hmm. so she was given this kind of carte blanche, go to, I think it was Les Wexner's house and you can stay there for two months, you can paint. And I think that account of where boundaries have been moved from, she's there on the basis that it's part of her development and here's Epstein being really thoughtful towards her and allowing her to develop her skills. But of course, now the rules and regulations come in, things start to change. And it's Ghislaine who brings her in saying it's a foot rub as he's lying on the bed. And then he starts moaning and she feels very uncomfortable about it and actually thought that there was a situation where she could be raped because Ghislaine does start touching her at at the same time. They're doing it in tandem. So again, whether that has been discussed in advance, it sounds like it probably had. But when Maria runs from the room, I also think there's a a number of things that happen that really are very concerning in that because it was Les Wexner's house, she had to speak to his wife and she wouldn't leave her and wouldn't let her leave. And they kind of detained her and kept her there. And they had rules and regulations about her being there in the first place, which was things like she was a runner and they wouldn't let her run outside. They kept her almost locked up and she had to ask permission to do anything. So it sounds like they created this very unreal world. And I am curious about um, Les Wexner and his wife, what role they played. And Maria did disclose immediately. She called up her mentor and explained. And her mentor said, get the hell out of there. So that was her first disclosure. There's no no doubt that it happened. So I don't know from the account that I've read and listened to whether Wexner was actually there, but his wife obviously was. And the fact that she was preventing Maria from leaving, that's wrongful imprisonment. That is something that is a crime in and of itself. So here's another woman in a position of authority and a position of power over Maria, and she's forcing a young lady against her will to stay in this house when she's trying to leave and to do the bidding of Jeffrey Epstein. There's something very strange about this whole Wexner. Having just been in Ohio, his name is everywhere. He's a very powerful force in Ohio, particularly in the Columbus area. And where this house is, it's called New Albany. And it's, it's a town that he made that he created right? Um, and that he wanted only very particular people to live there. And it's, it's basically as close as you can get to a gated city <laughs> as, as, as possible. So there's just something very strange about that whole, how the wife, you need the wife's permission to leave the house and, and how is that enforced? And it's just, it's just really sick. No, but it's so it's, indicative of, of course, of control. 
It yeah. is. And creating a world that's designed, an unreal world that is designed by an abuser or abusers that creates confusion and contradiction and fear. If you play by the rules, there's not a problem. But when you do not play by the rules that have been set, then there is. And Wexner is an interesting character because of Victoria's Secrets, all the rumours that were circulating, that Epstein was meeting uh, models on the basis he was saying that he was a scout for Victoria's right. Secrets. And the executives knew about that. Wexner does intrigue me because he must have known these things were going on. It was his company and he was creating this new Albany, Ohio. And yes, he did cut ties with Epstein once he was convicted and had served his 13 months um, after the, the fact. But there was a lot more going on prior to that. And actually, Marie then found out that her sister had been sexually assaulted by Epstein. Right. And she was a minor. Right. So she was a child. And she did go to the police and got nowhere with them. And then she went to the FBI. Right. And, and this really and, pissed me off. And it really pissed me off because you have to think about who else knew something. It's not just about it's Ghislaine, it's Wexner. It's also the authorities that were charged with listening to women and girls in this case and understanding what was going on. And they should have been asking the right questions, but they did nothing for another 10 years. And I don't know what you think about that, Jim, but I think it's absolutely bloody outrageous, quite frankly. I'd love to know who that was right. who she spoke with, because there has to be accountability for those professionals who have been involved in this case. If it was actually a call that came into the FBI, there should be a record, a complaint record that, that the call was made and it should have been followed up. The fact that an FBI agent spoke to this 16-year-old girl who, who told the agent about the fact that she was sexually assaulted by Epstein, that should have opened an inquiry, especially since they're from New York and they're being brought to Ohio. Interstate transportation for the sexual victimization of a minor is a federal crime. And so there is a federal nexus, and that should have been and at least an inquiry opened, an official FBI inquiry should have been opened, and then it should have been followed up. And had it been done way back then, all of these other victims could have been pre prevented, yeah. or at least some of them could have been exactly. prevented. And the fact is that we need, as law enforcement officials, we need to take every allegation seriously, thoroughly vet it, investigate, try to corroborate, do what has to be done and not let it fall through the cracks. I mean, this is outrageous. And, and it leads to other outrageous behavior, which we found in Florida when the AUSA made a ridiculously outrageous deal to let Jeffrey Epstein stay on the streets during the day and sleep at jail at night. It, yeah. It's just, it's unbelievable. And isn't it, it's not even falling through the cracks, Jim. I mean, they, they are definitely ignoring, don't you think? I mean, there's somebody somewhere that is saying, just turn a blind eye. That is what's so scary to me. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, I don't know about what happened with the FBI, but over time, when it gets to the point where he's actually arrested and charged and, and he's charged by the locals, and they really want to put him away. And then they're called off the case. And so the local law enforcement brings it to the FBI. And then they do a federal investigation. And the U.S. Attorney's Office gets in there. And they're gung-ho to get rid of him, throw him in jail. And then all of a sudden, it's something completely different. That yeah. stinks of somebody above them telling them this is going away. It stinks of that. Or the only other th thing that could be 
is equally bad, which is an ignorance on the part of the AUSA that because these victims were not perfect, because these victims had their own issues, their own problems, that that is not an appropriate case for prosecution. So he wanted to just sweep it away. But we know that even if that was the case, that he did something we know to be illegal, he made this deal with Epstein without notifying the victims. And they are to be notified under state law there and federal law. So you have to do what's right, not what's convenient or what somebody above you says, uh, you got to do this, especially when it's something like this. Well, there's no such thing as we know of a perfect victim. And there's always shades of vulnerability. Everyone has a history or a past. And I do find that unacceptable. She told them everything about her and her sister and didn't hear anything more for 10 years. Now, that does have very serious repercussions because it's something that we go on to discuss when Vanity Fair were looking to expose his behavior and Mm. something that he clung to as a consequence. But just to go back to Alex Acosta, uh, I just want to say what a slippery character he is because I've been just watching some of his interviews where Julie Brown has called him out on certain aspects. Mm -hmm. And he, in his interview, he claims that he's the one that brought the FBI in, which actually it was Chief Michael Reiter who brought the FBI in, not Acosta. And he also says that he met Leftowitz after the deal was done, which is not true at all. The deal took a very long time to go through because Epstein complained apparently continuously about the deal and it didn't get finalized until June 2008. But you wouldn't know that from what Acosta said. But even meeting him after the deal was done, that doesn't take away his culpability. The fact is you left your office and went to a hotel to meet a defense attorney on a case that is disgusting, that you threw, that you basically threw the victims under the bus and you created a situation in which he got to abuse other girls and women after that. You created that, Acosta, not somebody else. You did that. Well, watch his slimy, slippery interviews because he needs to be looked at for prosecutorial misconduct, as does his deputy, who is a... Marie Vila Fanner, who led the federal for the federal prosecution, he was the one who did the actual deal, and the two of them need to be looked at for prosecutorial misconduct, as far as I'm concerned. And I also just want to mention Sheriff Rick Bradshaw, who was the one that agreed that Epstein could go into Palm Beach County Jail, and he was the one that allowed him. He did the sort of the second deal of allowing him to come and go as he pleased and for the work privilege as well, even though it was his own policy that sex offenders shouldn't qualify for work release full stop. Now, he is still in office. And I have a major issue with that, that this guy is like Teflon and he's got a number of other individuals now working for him who are also part of this. So and I'm going to name each of them as we go through each episode, because this old boys club, this old boys network, there's so many tentacles of it. And there are people in office now, there are even detectives, the lead detective who just suddenly died, unexplained death after he lifted the lid on the case. And that detective, as everybody said, did an incredibly good job and said that he was so disappointed with what happened um, with the case. His name is Joseph Reckery. 
He was the lead detective on the Epstein case. He died after a brief illness on the 25th of May 2008, shortly after he spoke out about the case. Now, one of his colleagues said that he was as fit as a fiddle. And he said that just before he felt that things, there was a very sinister aspect to the case and Mm. that Joseph Ricari had given his colleague, another detective, all of the files. And then he died. And that colleague is now took, uh, got uh, asylum in, in Moscow because he felt British security services and American intelligence services were trying to get to him. <laughs> really? And he he I... claimed, yeah, asylum. I've been listening to what he has to say um, and that he felt his life was in danger. So the point here, I think, is how murky this goes of so many professionals who have played a role in either disappearing the case or threatening others and keeping people quiet or making things just go away. It's, it's really murky. Well, what's happening, Laura? You said that the British authorities were investigating at least one royal who had connections to Epstein. Is that still going on? Well, New Scotland Yard were talking with the FBI about it. And, you know, my view is that absolutely has to happen. And just to give you some cultural references as well, there were always a lot of rumours circulating about Prince Andrew. And his nickname in circles was Randy Andy. And it was a well-known fact that he had a wandering eye. Um, So all these things that happened... Uh, various three different reports from Virginia Roberts who said that she was told by Epstein to have sex with him. And of course, Ghislaine did play a role in that, in Mm -hmm. grooming her into it. But when I looked at Prince Andrew's statement, well, Buckingham Palace made a statement and they basically denied that there was any impropriety. But I just want to read to you what Prince Andrew's statement was as well, because it it was very interesting Uh, what he said, and whether there is a full-on active investigation going on now, I'm I'm not sure, but I certainly think that there does need to be one, and I don't think that privilege of being royalty or not being royalty, I don't think that that should ever get in the way when we've got a child sex trafficking um, and paedophile ring here. And this, this was what Prince Andrew said. I think I must, for the record, refer to that event that has taken place in the last few weeks. And I just wish to reiterate and to reaffirm the statements which have already been made on my behalf by Buckingham Palace. My focus is on my work. What? What? (laughs) That was his denial, non-denial. Oh, that is such a non-denial denial. denial. It's such. Oh, my God. And that's what his statement was. That thing, my focus is on my work. Like at the end, I am ignoring. Yeah, I am ignoring it. And and you saw that, Laura, on Facebook, I posted that article that Prince Andrew claims that all those pictures you see of him with Jeffrey Epstein were him breaking up with Epstein, right? Well, yeah, utter BS. You don't travel somewhere to break (laughs) up with someone. His bromance, yeah. So we still have so much more to cover. This case, there's just so much to it. You know, it it is like peeling an onion, but it just gets murkier and murkier. And as well as going through the psychopathy checklist, I really want to unpeel those people who are enabling, who are defending, and also those who were part of it that may not be enabling or defending, but were allowing it to continue. So you've got to name people. And we're going to be doing that on Real Crime Profile. We're about naming the victims, but you've also got to call it out. 
So we will be calling it out and doing what we do best. So thank you so much for listening to us. For now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out. If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like making a murderer, mind hunter, escape at Danamora, the case of Sally Challen, the teacher's pet, Lynette Dawson, the exonerated five in When They See Us, and the disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866 4107. Or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk. If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling, you can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214 946 You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro... Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.